Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Reasonably Real. This is one of your hosts, Deadite Dave, and joining with me today across the table, starting with you, is... Steady Steve. Dang. Glad to be back on this great 4th of July thankful for our nation yeah and uh it's uh you know all the blessings that we receive here dude i fireworks were crazy at my town last night they oh wasn't fireworks out here they were oh i saw them in every direction walk sure it wasn't explosions pretty sure okay <laughs> they say this is a big year for the fireworks stands i don't see how the uh supply chains from china have been broke for a long time that's where most fireworks come from yeah, yeah, the supply chain for crack is broke out of Central America, too. There doesn't seem to be any shortage of heroin over those. Uh, we get a crack. lot of homegrown stuff for that, but uh, this is my neck, Mike. How you doing, Mike? <laughs> doing all right. So we are here. We're on 4th of July recording, and uh, we're talking about summer blockbusters. So we're going to have some explosions and some fireworks of, of ourselves. Apparently, I misunderstood. Um, we'll get into that. Uh, I epic failed. Uh, but to start off, what have you been watching, today, Steve? Uh, I actually got quite a few films on my list, so uh, I'll start off with Attack the Block. Uh, pretty good film. Glad you guys uh, had that out there. I had a good time with that. It is pretty much what you said it was. Uh, my uh, wife had not seen The Invisible Man, so we watched it, and uh, my feelings for it still haven't changed. It's a it's a good. Uh, atmospheric film. I uh, popped in a, a film called Burden, which turned out to be pretty good. Uh, I was a little surprised at that. I see you going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I do want to see that one. There, Dave, uh, mm-hmm. you want to see Burden? It, it is up there. It's a pretty good film. Uh, then uh, I got one of, of which my you still haven't paid me back for, but. <laughs> was I supposed to pay you back for it? Well, oh, oh that's right. Gosh. Yes, that's right. That was a rental. I'm trying to. You, you got to remind me because I forgot up. about that. <laughs> yeah, how much was that? Seventy four dollars. Yeah, no, I think it was fifteen, 15 bucks. bucks wasn't it? You're good. Okay, we'll talk about so, it later. So uh, the, then I watched your Father's Day present, one of the two, Candyman. There you and, go. Uh, that was a pretty good film. Uh, I liked it a lot. Give it an eight. Uh, watched a uh, film called Athlete A, uh, which is a um, documentary basically on the exploitation of. Uh, uh, American athletes, uh, specifically gymnasts, mm-hmm. and some creepos that were running that organization. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it's pretty terrifying. It, it made me, it did make me think about the fact that we are exploiting children, oftentimes. Some Parents do it to live not. to live their life through their kids, so they force them into sports they're not interested in half the time, and then you know 
force their lives. I've seen it a lot. I'm not for certain that these people are th- that these kids are exploited in that way. At this level, if they're that dedicated, then they do it because they love it. The problem I think we see here is the system exploits them. Uh, the sponsors at times they turn their eye towards what might be going on. Yes, there are some injuries that which points that out. It talks about some of the injuries that they're forced to work through different things, but primarily this is about a creeper or a system that allowed a doctor and some other people to abuse these kids. It's it's pretty terrible. At the same time, I was working through a, uh, um, a document. It's not a documentary, it's a television show called home games, which doesn't appear on the list. David, you probably should watch that. Some of it, it's eight parts. Some of it's not any good. The first one was my favorite and I can't pronounce it. It's an Italian game. Played in Florence that dates back a few hundred years. I was it's con- basically rugby, and it, it it's rugby meets mixed martial arts. And these people line up on a line to actually, as, as part of the game, the front line has to fight. Not have yeah. to fight, but they fight for position because that's how the score people get through. So they take their opponent out any way they can. I avoided that because of my sensitivity to real world violence. I'll be honest. Okay. Um, I, I don't like real world violence, so I probably won't watch that. I don't want to see people. I don't even watch MMA anymore. I just don't like watching people actually fight. Like if it's choreographed, that's fine, but I'm not even interested in MMA anymore. Uh, that's not the reason, not the one that I think you should watch. That happened to be my favorite. It was fascinating. The one that you should watch, there are two on wrestling. One in particular in the Congo, uh, where it is WWE kind of style wrestling, but they use voodoo, and it's actually part of the script work. Weird. It's the same kind of script That's thing, cool. and but they have you know because in the Congo, witch doctor and voodoo are big things, so they actually use that. So like they'll put spells. Like one of them's got a twin brother, like in the great. Seagal action film. He's got his twin who's working voodoo off to the side against the opponents, mm-hmm. and then he can lock them up and make them victims. That's pretty cool. It was an interesting look. The other one is uh, more like Greco-Roman wrestling mm-hmm. and uh, Indonesia, which is more pure wrestling. And its story is how women got involved in that sport. There, I might check out I those. I think parts. you'll like that. Also, roller derby is pretty cool. I, I do know about roller derby. <laughs> in Texas, the rules are different. <laughs> But either way, it, I think it's worth looking at. Okay. Uh, I was just concerned about the real world violence. That's so, why I haven't watched it up until this point. So check it out. Uh, then the next film I watched was Brewster's Millions. Uh, that was the other Father's Day shot release that I got from you. Thank you very much. Another good film. Uh, so I took a chance on, you know, say, watch Yellow Birds. It's not that great. Nothing to talk about. Equilibrium. It's not that great. Nothing to talk about. The standoff at Sparrow Creek, I think you'll like. Where do you find some of these? I know. Well, Equilibrium is a fairly large oh, yeah. film, but I am curious sometimes oh, no, where the, these pop the up. Yellow you Birds go, Man, I need to I watch that. It's a dollar and a half, and it was, it's a five. It's a war film, but it's all right. Um, the Standoff at Sparrow Creek was another one of these dollar buys at, at Family Video, and mm. I think you're going to like that. I'll check it out. It's uh, It really has some great cinematography in it, and it's an interesting story. Um, basically, a militia is forced to investigate itself because they don't want to have the cops do it for them before the cops figure out where they're at because one of the one of their own has has uh went on a rampage and killed some cops they think 
you know, and that's what the story is. But okay. I was shocked by how good the, the uh, cinematography was, especially at the end. I'll check it out. Uh, so uh, B for Vendetta. Then after watching Equilibrium, I decided I'd watch a film done right on the political spectrum. So B for Vendetta, which is one of my favorites. I watched it. <sighs> Uh, pretty good. Obviously, a pretty good film. That's 10. Uh, watched Bennett's War. Uh, that was not a great film. Uh, that was another one that, yeah, David, you're right. You wonder sometimes how I get hold of them. Well, that's a Hallmark war film. It's not that bad. I give it a five. Gosh. But it's not a really a war film as much as it is a motocross film. Uh, they, they, in, the, in the war, the guy was the Special Forces motorcycle rider where they'd use electric bikes to get into the battlefields quietly. It's it's kind of an interesting story, but it is I thought that was funny. The BMX bandits. Yes. It's, it's there. So uh, I don't think I'm gonna recommend that. But then while we were stuck on the Hallmark films, I watched a film called Field of Beat. Now the main reason I watched that film was because the writer of the film was from St. Louis. So I wanted to support yeah local film. Oh like the writer of the film. Okay. The, the writer of the film, yeah. And uh, it is actually a really good film. Uh, it's it's very hallmarking, and the way that it goes about it, it's safe, it's clean, but it's got a great story, a lot like Pitch Perfect uh, films like that. It's got that kind yeah, of Yeah, you vibe. did not sell me on that at all. Well, if you like Pitch Perfect, I, I think not. you're going to like this. The music's good. It's funny. It's, it's, you know, but it is what it is. Uh, I watched a film called Little Boy, Another Dollar and a Half Buy. Now, this film is a really good film. Uh, beautifully shot. It's a great story of a little boy who uh, his dad has to go off to war and they deal with prejudices at home and some other issues. And all he wants, honestly, is to get his dad home from the war. And it's this story, how he befriends a Japanese a local who is. I've seen this. Uh, have you? Yeah. So, no, I, I remember good. it now after you talking about it. Yeah, I've seen it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it is a good film. It's great. You know, it's, it's great shot. And man, he's he's great in it. The little kid is. Uh, my next film was My Spy. I took a chance on that. I was watching that when I saw Motley post his. I just tuned in. And uh, yeah, it's, it's all right. Uh, whoever is getting these roles for Bautista, that guy has to keep his money because he keeps putting Bautista in films where he can succeed. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see any Oscar nominations for Bautista in the future. Honestly, I mean, just per, just if you had a, in a hat, a, a mixed bag of, uh, rock films, the rock films or Batista films, you're more likely to pull out a good Batista yeah. film, like a really, like a pretty good seven, eight kind of film. Uh, more likely to pull that out with Batista. In my I opinion. don't know, but I think the rock has I mean, you some got, better films, but he also has some worse films. He does, but I think that his average, what I mean is his average films are worse than I think Batista's average films. The rock's highs are higher, but I mean, I don't know of any just real stinkers other than Bushwick that Batista was part of, and and he was the only good part of Bushwick. But yeah, I, I hear what you're was bad. Stuber's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I can't think of a bad one other than Bushwick. Yeah, that yeah, yeah he's got he, he's got that niche going for them sevens. He seems to generally get that mark, and that's where this film wound up. I thought it's all right. There's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So then I stumbled across Shaft. Uh, there we yeah, go. I don't think I'd ever seen that film. Uh, you know, that film. is a really good crime film. No, I thought it, really it would is. be a little bit more cheesy and exploitative. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I thought it played it pretty straight, except for the dialogue. 
Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, it's not what I would have called an exploitation film. It is. I mean, still, I mean, I think your idea of exploitation films hasn't been fully rounded yet. You haven't seen a whole lot of them from the area for good reason. You shouldn't because, I mean, of the content. But I, I just mean like just the expectations of that era of cinema. Are, a lot of them were pretty dark. I mean, there was some cheese, but yeah, uh, this great film was is a really good cops and mobsters kind of film. Yeah, I really liked it. So then I ended the week with Switchback, just something that I had started. But now after watching, I realized that uh, I had seen it before. So uh, <laughs> Switchback has uh, Danny Glover is, uh, and uh, Dennis Quaid. And uh, I can't think of the other person. Oh, Arlie Ermey. And uh, it's it's decent acted uh, slasher kind of film. A slasher I film. Well, that's, that's that's his method. It's a serial killer film. It's a missing kid movie. Barely. Have you seen it? Yeah. That was part of the problem. I never, there wasn't a whole lot of the missing kid. There wasn't kid, the missing but... kid. Basically, they were hunting a slasher. You know, so either way. So that was his problem. though. But either way, the acting was okay. I gave it a six. That's what I've been watching. All right. So what, do you, what do you got, Mike? Sorry, I took so long. That's all right. What... Your ability to find garbage that nobody has ever heard of <laughs> every week. Well, but I don't. Oh, it's, it's hard when you can't find whenever you limit yourself to on what you can watch because of content sometimes. I don't think that's but it. I, I like, think it's that you just pull out films that you bought from Family Video for a dollar. Yeah, but every once in a while you, you know find what? a really good one. I, I watched... Seven movies this week. Only one of them had something in it that you would not like. I can't say the same. And I watched a lot of Al Adamson, and those films have quite a bit of nudity in them sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched some pretty weird and out there stuff. The first one being 1990s exploitation classic Blood Games or Baseball Bimbos and Hillbilly Hell. Well, what makes you think I'd actually want to watch that? That one, no, you wouldn't want to watch that. That one's the one this week that you would have a problem with. Um, Actually, it's a great movie, though. It is pretty good. Uh, it's, you know, girls playing baseball in a redneck town, and kind of all hell breaks loose, and I'll leave it at that. And we get some pretty good tension. There's actually some pretty good action and car chases in it. But uh, this is an exploitation film. Even though it was made in 1990, which the 90s are not known for their exploitation films, but this really does feel like it was from the 60s or 70s. Um, so Blood Games, Vinegar Syndrome did a, another uh, a good job again of bringing a movie out that necessarily wasn't getting the light of day, and they gave it the light of day. I gave Blood Games a 6 out of 10. Um, the next movie I watched was 1988's Flesh Eating Mothers, and... <laughs> David was right. I did like this movie, and this movie is goofy, stupid, uh, pervy, but kind of in an innocent way in some scenes. Some scenes are just straight up sleazy, but um, pretty much these moms get a STD that uh, turns them into cannibals. And they get an STD because they're thirsty little suburban housewives. I can't believe you called me out on the stuff that, that I are, No, this movie's actually pretty are, funny and getting quite a bit of hype recently. Yeah, and they're sharing the same dude. So it's, it's actually kind of a cautionary tale. 
Yeah. I hear uh, that a lot about films who want to exploit whatever they're cautioning people against by glorifying. It really isn't them. all. It doesn't glorify the sex really no, much at all. There's, There's actually no much. nudity except for at the very beginning, you see a nudie pinup poster on the, the wall of a teenage boy's bedroom. There's really not much content. That's it. In it. Okay. Well, I'm not really talking about the content of the film. I was talking about the attitude of the film. Yeah. But either way. I'm not throwing rocks. I just can't believe you threw rocks at me. And these are the first two films that you pull out of the box. Both of them are from a vinegar syndrome website, good. which has become so popular that they actually crashed their website in the first four hours and had to reopen. That doesn't make it. That it doesn't makes make it relevant. It good. That's what he. That's what he dissed you about. Continue. I'm trying to go back uh, to quality films. Both flesh eating mothers. I gave it a seven out of ten. Um, Steve, you would like this movie if you'd give it a chance because it is just kind of goofy. And uh, I really enjoy it. It's a drive-in movie. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Okay. Um, I'm just just clowning. I'm going to do a total reverse here, and I'm going to – I watched 2018's Book of Monsters, and this is a low-budget independent British horror film about a girl that gets attacked by monsters on her 18th birthday, and she's got to figure out why. That does suck. And um, this is a splatter movie. Uh, it's very low budget, but they use the budget well. And, Steve, this is another one you would probably like, mm. um, even though, yes, it is a splatter movie. Uh, well, I did watch, uh, you know, my film. And, and well, I'll let you get done with yours. I'm not going to interrupt. Sorry. There he did. Anyways, um, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Uh, it does get a little long, but thankfully, these filmmakers kind of knew what they were doing. And this film's only 80 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So the, the, even though that the middle does slow down, it, it goes by pretty good. Uh, I think that one's available on... Crackle, I think, is where I finally watched that. It's been on my watch list for a little while, uh, but that one's on Crackle. Um, last night, I watched 1983's BMX Bandits. Uh, if you don't know what this is, this is Nicole Kidman's first um, movie that she starred in, uh, directed by uh, Brian Trenchard Smith, uh, which has done a lot of stuff. Uh, especially in the horror genre. You know, he's done some Leprechaun movies, uh, Dead End Drive-In. Um, so, I mean, he's the, the director's pretty well known. But this is about as cheesy of an 80s kids kind of crime thriller movie as you can get. I mean, they're all wearing just bright colored jumpsuits as they ride around on their color-matching BMX bikes. Um I mean, and the kids get wrapped up in uh, a crime ring and they've, you know, got to get themselves out of it. And it's actually pretty enjoyable, Steve. This is another one that I, I think you would like. Do you remember the whenever uh, the, the I watched the Australian go-kart film? Mm-hmm. That's what this reminds me of. And that Australian go-kart film was all right. It's yep. a good film. I had a good time with it. Yep. So that's, that looks like something that I might have to borrow. Yep. It, it's really good. Uh, so I'll take back all the mean things I said about your movie picks. You'll like the next couple. Mm-hmm. So BMX Bandits, 1983, I gave that a 7 out of 10. I mean, it's worth a watch. Uh, it's really good. 
And it's in the same vein. It's not as good as like Monster Squad or The Goonies, and it's not a horror film, obviously, but it has that same kids, childlike wonder, you know, riding around bikes with your friends. Uh, and it's good. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, the next movie, because I just got the 4K of this, so I checked it out yesterday. Uh, 2016's The Magnificent Seven. Uh, mm-hmm. 4K looks really good. Uh, I was very happy with how that turned out. And boy, I bought it for a few bucks. I'm not going to complain one bit. And the movie's really good. I, I still give the movie a, a 9 out of 10. Um, you know, Denzel Washington, uh, Chris Pratt. You have Ethan Hawke, Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, the, all of them played great characters in that. So uh, Magnificent Seven, 9 out of 10. Uh, and then last weekend, I'll, I'll save the, well, not the best for last, but the most fitting for last. Um, I picked up the 4K Independence Day double pack at Walmart last mm. weekend. And last weekend, I watched Independence Day Resurgence, which I went over that in last week's podcast. But then I also went back and watched 1996's Independence Day. 4K is really, really good. Um, they really did a lot with the picture, which this was a pretty big budget blockbuster uh, back in the day. So it was already filmed and preserved very well. Um, but the 4K looks pretty dang good in it. And the movie, although it's a little long, it, I watched the extended edition, which I've even seen the regular multiple times as well. And the regular edition still just a touch over two hours. It needs to be shorter. Uh, the extended edition, which adds nothing to the film, um, is like two hours and 20 minutes, two hours mm-hmm. and 25 minutes. Oh, my and it's gosh. Not, yeah, it's not worth watching. Um, <laughs> it is a little long, but it is the epitome of a pop the corn, turn your brain off, sit down, and watch Will Smith save us from the alien invasion. And thank you, Will Smith for letting us continue to celebrate 4th of July's every year. Without it's his him. fault that COVID's here. Then. <laughs> we should have let the aliens wipe us out, and then we wouldn't have COVID. Yeah, because, well, I mean, it, it could have been, you know, World War Z style where the aliens wouldn't infect people or wouldn't come after the planet because of the COVID. You know, they don't want to come and harvest tainted product. So, actually... You know, we may be saved by the COVID. Yeah, that's probably true. Dang. It's probably keeping the aliens at bay right now. Oh, boy. We know how they like to attack on Independence Day. It's happened twice, but... Uh, I think the aliens may be laughing at us. They're probably oh, sitting there, no why in the that. world would we want to invade that country? Yeah. <laughs> that place. Yep. Anyway. Um so I actually don't grade Independence Day too high, but the enjoyment factor is a like a 11 out of 10. Uh, but I give the original Independence Day a 7 out of 10 and uh, want to wish everybody out there a happy Independence Day. Mm-hmm. So, that's a 10. That's what I watched this week. All right. We left you eight minutes. Yeah, that's a real treat. I've got 20-something films to get through, so let's start. I watched Conquest, Lucio Fulci's introduction into the fantasy genre, filled with content, filled with gore, and filled with weird. Um, this one's very strange. Got werewolf creatures, some weird lady who's naked through the through every scene in the film wearing just this weird golden mask. There's faceless people. There's a bow that shoots 
Lightning. It's weird, but it's awesome because it's Fulci. It's weird. Check it out. Yep. I watched Horror of the Blood Monsters, which is a cobbled together mess of old black and white footage that Al Adamson decided to put color filters on to where it's like one color um, to say it's in full color on the screen because at that time that was something they needed to do for advertising. Very exploitative. Not any good, but it's very funny to watch it. I watched Tonight She Comes, which is a kind of splatter film with horrible dialogue, but some great gore. Um, not really all that great, but I did halfway enjoy that. Extra 3, a real cheesy but real awesome film. This thing's great. It's a Watch the Skies. You want a war film? Well, these this is the military here. This is an actual war film you should watch because the, the military shows up to check out some extraterrestrial life. And this thing looks like Mac and me, but kind of on meth and heroin mixed together. I mean, this thing is crazy looking and it's, gar it's garbage, but awesome. Check it out. Extra three. Watch the skies. Probably my new obsession. Hell's Bloody Devils, uh, a biker movie. Uh, one of the worst from Al Adamson, I think. But I mean, it's something. The Fakers, which is a 007 ripoff from Al Adamson, is actually pretty entertaining. And actually one of his better on a just straight technical level movies he made uh dracula versus frankenstein the exact opposite another al adamson film this thing's insipid uh but pretty awesome because dracula is just incredible here he's pretty badly acted and then frankenstein is something you have to see to be believed it's something to behold um and then i watched vinegar syndrome's cut of patty hearst um which is a real world story actually about a um very uh wealthy um family and the daughter of that family was uh, taken by freedom fighters and basically it's the story of her that was held captive and it's a uh, paul schrader film who did uh, first reformed a uh, phenomenal film this is a must-see movie um it's been very uh, she probably deserved an oscar for this performance had it not gone under the radar like it did it really is that good uh great film check it out watch grotesque not real good it's just kind of a torture film i'm not really into those uh, didn't enjoy it. Uh, Brain of Blood, a great Al Adamson cheese fest. It's horrible, but it's a, his take on kind of a Frankenstein-type monster situation where this dude's kind of this sympathetic creature, walks around. Uh, it's something. I watched Angels, Wild Women. Another, um, this one's the female version because that's what Al Adamson would do. He'd make a couple male-oriented um, movies of a, a certain genre, and then he goes, hey, we got biker movies. We need to have an all-women cast. It's pretty entertaining, I mean, for what it was. Next up, we have Satan's Sadists, probably the highlight of Al Adamson's films. This one's pretty highly regarded. Um, I do love this movie. It was awesome. Uh, check out Satan's Sadists. It's a really good uh, biker film from Al Adamson. I watched Blood Games. That thing's awesome. Um, it's a great revenge film with all sorts of good stuff going on with it. It's very dark, um, but actually works really well on the tension, and I think it actually is i don't think it's like mean-spirited towards women in fact i think it's actually pretty pro women in that and so it, it is good next up was probably my least favorite of the al adamson set was the naughty stewardesses which was capitalizing on the stewardess film that came out and this one is it's just too much of the content type thing i was fast forwarding through most of this and then when the story would happen, I'd be interested in uh, trying to watch it, but it wasn't real interesting to me. I just didn't care for it at all. But it's actually one of the most successful movies he made. So, I mean, there's that. Proof that sex sells. Blazing Stewardesses is the sequel to that, but it's a Western this time. Of course it is. 
Um, and it's got a bunch of aging comedy stars of which this one was more absurd and kind of funny in that regard. And I did find some of it humorous, but overall, again, just kind of fast forwarding through quite a bit of the just sleeves of the film. Um, and then I watched nurses for sale, the low point of his filmography easily. This is a movie that was made in Germany uh, it's like this war movie. And then Al Adamson trimmed it down to an hour, added 10 minutes of extra footage of nurses getting naked. That's all he added. And it doesn't have anything to do with the film, just so he could call it Nurses for Sale because it was actually a big trend at the time of nurse movies. My um, man. So it was really dumb and really stupid. Um, and then I watched Girls for Rent. This one's actually really good. Um, this is a, a group of women escape from prison. And then end up, it's, it's better than what you think it is. You could discount it all you want, dad, but I, I really don't care. Um, this is actually a pretty good movie, um, where the, basically they run off and they do start an escort service, which really isn't much of the movie. Um, because one of the ladies was tasked with, uh, kind of a hit for hire thing that she wasn't knowledgeable about. So she ran away whenever she realized what she did and that she was hooked up and the people went after her. And, uh, so it's a pretty good film. Jesse's Girls is a revenge film. Uh, one of Al Adamson's for that. Um, has he got Jesse's the, the Rick Springfield song? No. Is its theme? No, it oh, does not. It's yeah. it's an old film. It's 1975. Oh, uh, okay. Worth checking out, though. It's actually a pretty good Western movie. I watched Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, definitely not my thing, but for Will Ferrell fans, I think you'll probably like it. Uh, I watched Black Heat. Um, this is a this is more way back into it with Al Adamson. This is a good crime film. Um, this one would go right along with Shaft. Um, bit dark, but pretty good. Um, some exploitation elements for sure, but it, it's a good time for sure. I, I did I did like Black Heat. Um, and then Dynamite Brothers is another Al Adamson flick. This is one of his action movies where um, um, so another exploitation movie. Some really good fight scenes. Limited budget, but actually pretty uh, highly rated. This is one of the ones that um, Quentin Tarantino liked a lot and kind of promoted. Uh, then I watched The Pit. Uh, which is a film about a little boy and a teddy bear who talks to him that tells him to throw people in a pit. And um, it's something. And then there's a uh, trawl logs or what they're called. They're these weird kind of cute creatures that look like hobgoblins a little bit that are down in this pit and then they eat people. So it's pretty awesome. And I watched hobgoblins uh, after that. Cause it's awesome. <laughs> I've talked about it a lot. I watched a movie called one Mean Mother from Al Adamson. This is a uh, exploitation film, and um, it's it's not real good. It's another one of his where he took an old film and added scenes to it, and it, and it definitely shows in this one. It's a bit boring, too, um, but it ain't horrible. Um, next up, he did Uncle Tom's Cabin, uh, which is a adaptation of the novel, and it's just as bad as you would think it is. I I was pretty offended by that one, I'll be honest. But yeah, I, I just didn't really care a whole awful lot for his adaptation of this because the German film that originally was was pretty decent. Um, but he added the just some scenes that really didn't add anything to the movie, just um, like a sexual violence and stuff like that. I think it was made to shock more than anything at the time. But just looking back, it kind of takes the tone of a pretty serious period drama and kind of throws it on its head with these out-of-place scenes, which I think he meant maybe well um, to kind of show the shocking nature of its time. Um, but it didn't really work with the movie tonally. Um, and then black Samurai is up next. This is a Jim Kelly film. It's awesome. This movie is crazy, really weird, 
really out there and uh, pretty awesome. It's kind of cool to come full circle. This is the first Al Adamson movie I'd seen. Um, so there you go. Um, this one, wow. one of my favorites. It's pretty awesome. It is pretty good. And then uh, Death Dimension is up next. I think you'd like this one even more, uh, which is another Jim Kelly um, action film. Uh, this one's a more straight up just martial arts movie with a lot more action in it. And uh, I enjoyed this one about as well. Um, both of these are really good, worth a double feature. Um, I think you'd probably like Death Dimension, Black Samurai, um, Black Heat, I think you'd like. And I think you'd like Dynamite Brothers. I mean, there's some content in all of those, but not real ridiculous amounts. It can't be worse than the, what was the Dynamite film that we watched where they rode the dynamite into battle yeah well, can't be worse than that well i mean like content is in like a little bit of nudity there is something like black samurai yeah but uh the cuts of these from severin are really good i only have now uh four or five more to go um so i've actually watched his he has 32 films so i've watched over 25 of his movies in the last two weeks um, which is something. And, uh, it's been a good experience. It's actually, there's a lot of cinema history to, to, uh, be seen with this collection. I mean, it's really for fans of exploitation. Um, and good luck finding the set now because it's going stupid on eBay. Yep. Um, I'm glad I bought it when I did. It was expensive then. And it's now going for about $300 on average on eBay. So Time good so. luck getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, how Make about no? Because I actually care about my film collection, unlike you. Um, but here we go. Um, so I've, that's all I've been watching. <laughs> that was uh, that was a, some yeoman's work. You could have weeded out something else out of, out of watching. No? Okay. All right. Well, uh, this week we're going to... I think he's just trying know, to make me mad today. Commentate <laughs> over the murder yeah, of was. a co-host and... Uh, Otherwise, I mean, a better I, place without me. I, I frankly, <laughs> I frankly couldn't care any less about what you think about the movies that I watch. But that's Whoa, why we do a podcast. I care about your movies that you watch. No, I, I care about the movies you watch. I, I, that's why I said I couldn't care any less about the thoughts of you having about what I watch because mm. I don't care. Somebody save me, please. How do you <laughs> want to be saved? Scripturally, physically. Oh boy. Either one's fine with me right now. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, good times. Gosh. All right. You're just trying to derail this podcast. It goes just fine when it's me and Maniac Mike here. That's true. Gosh, I apologize. Yeah, how dare well, you? Will I be getting my pink slip in the mail soon? Will this be the no, third you're time I've been fired? Anyways. Just uh, tell me I'm fired. You're not worth the are. stamp. So, anyways. This week, we're going to talk about, because I think we're all missing the, the cinema experience a little bit. No doubt. Um, and it kind of just keeps getting pushed back more and more. And it's July 4th weekend. The cinema experience is about summer movies. And so I thought it'd be fun to kind of look back at some of the um, better blockbusters throughout history, especially the summer blockbusters um, or big movies that came out during the summertime. And, uh, I know we each took a little bit of a different approach to our lists. Um, you know, whereas I, I only allowed myself to put movies down that I actually seen during the summer of its release on, you know, in the cinema. And I know Steve, I don't, what, how did you approach your list? Uh, my, I actually went, and type, I think I did the same thing you did, but I looked at my list a little different. So 
Uh, I used a website's version. This came, will come off of Entertainment Weekly, who listed the top uh, 25, I believe it was, summer blockbusters by saying this was the largest blockbuster film of that year. It wasn't a rating of the film quality. It just was entertaining. I thought kind of interesting, really, to look at what was popular in that year. So um, I didn't take all of them, but you know, I'm going to list some of them, and then we'll talk about the big ones a little bit more because I think we kind of limited to ten. Yeah, I, I actually 10. have twenty on my list. Either way, well, I don't know what David's got. So how did you do yours? I screwed up. Um, <laughs> oh, you didn't screw up. <laughs> now to be to be fair, I have really bad problems with dates of movies i know i'm a i'm not trying to toot my horn but i know a lot about films and cinema i've done a lot of work to understand cinema my blind spot is always dates i could tell like the decade a film was made just because i've seen enough from each decade mm -hmm. but just tell you the year i couldn't tell you much less to tell you what month it came out in so i just looked at top box office because i had no idea what the heck came out in summer because I, I mean i wasn't born in time a lot of those summer blockbusters that we're going to be talking about were made and today i think all films are pretty much made to be a blockbuster which is i think part yeah. of the idea it's a cool fascinating discussion that that wasn't always the case with films a lot of them were made the blockbuster really started with jaws um that's uh one of the big first just multi-huge selling movies um, where blockbusters really started. Now, I mean, there were some movies that made a lot of money, like Gone with the Wind, stuff like that. But I think as far as like just summer action, you know, kind of blockbuster films, Jaws really started that kind of thing. Um, but, I mean, it's just fascinating. So what I did was for these things, I took both a top 100 um, domestic box office return list and I'm just going to kind of run through them very quickly and uh, give just a score because, frankly, I just don't talk about these movies very often. I don't talk about super well-known mainstream movies. I don't have a whole lot to add. I prefer to talk about movies that people haven't seen or maybe need exposure or, you know, stuff. I mean, what, what am I going to say about E.T.? So I'm just going to assign That's them a score still, and kind of go through best films in, in that um, kind of that well, thing, or I, whatever, I and then the only... all-time domestic box office. Because to me, a blockbuster is based on the financial gains of a movie. That's what the I think the word means. Um, uh, I, so. I hear what you're saying, and I would agree with that. And I think the only difference in our list was, to me, I uh, was looking at films that uh, what I found was that even on these lists, what they thought as summer blockbusters, I had envisioned as the tone of a film like Independence mm -hmm. Day, not necessarily that it came out in the summer, although most of them do come out in the summer. I mean, most of the type of films. You would have thought, but, but apparently I'm very work, wrong. <laughs> it doesn't work in the way, well, I think your biggest films honestly come out around Christmas. That's true. That's uh, what so, I just learned. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's you're still on par with the list. It's just you took the idea of blockbuster and expanded that. As a purely financial term sure. because, yeah, so. So, you look so bored by my conversation. Way. I apologize. Mm -hmm. um, I've just tried to explain my my error. Um, so, but either way, I guess we've all got a list. I'll just keep in the order that we've been doing while we've been watching. Stay, Steve. What is your list? Well, let me ask. How many of these do you are you going to talk about? You said, did you say you had you have a list of a hundred movies? I'm not going through all a hundred. Oh, just saying, oh, okay. I'm Thanks just shouting out Lord. the list. Um, okay. Uh, I can go through them quick. You just heard me go through. 
uh, 25 films and a full review within 10 minutes. So I, I could talk fast. All right, but it so, ain't going to be no 100 films. You know, I had 20 films. Uh, do, do you want me to do my entire list? Okay. I mean, it, I thought or, that was the point. but Okay. Well, I, all I was going to do is like the top 10. Okay, or or blow through the 10, and then we'll go through them okay, a little slow. Okay, so again, this the list primarily comes off of Entertainment Weekly is where I got the list. Uh, but it, it's not a straight-up rip of the list either. But the idea is. So uh, some of these films I, I, I failed to realize, honestly, would be on there. Uh, Spider-Man from 2002. was, And these, again, are the biggest grossing summer films of that year. So this was a summer film. But I still remember as most as Sherry will the uh, kiss. So that's what everybody talks about in that film. Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014. Is it really what people talk about yeah. with that movie? Well, that's what my that's what the girls will talk about. I'll say maybe that's the reason why it sticks with me. Anyway, uh so Guardians of the Galaxy came out in 2014. It's a pretty good film. Inception never would have thought of that as a summer film, but that was a huge film that year. Uh Animal House, 1978, a summer blockbuster, the biggest grossing film of that summer. Uh, not what I had thought of as a summer blockbuster. Grease, same thing, 1978, uh, same year, honestly, that that come out. So uh, I thought that was interesting that, mm -hmm. uh, that it was on their list. Uh, Independence Day, now there's your summer blockbuster film right there. Uh, that's, uh, I think Michael probably talk about that a little more. Oh, we already have talked about it quite a bit. So, uh, you know, that is a great film, and uh, it, it really did change the way I looked at cinema, I think. What? Well, I mean, whenever you consider summer blockbusters, this was a huge budget film mm -hmm. that that there was had a pretty light tone. It was funny. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think it defines summer blockbuster. Okay, I mean, better than any sense. other film. Plus, on top of that, it, at the time there was a lot of politics going on, like today. And I remember for the that people actually clapped when the in the theater when the Congress got blown up. I, I, I was shocked that they would take that approach, but they did. Uh, so some things may not be as different now as they used to be. Uh, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Uh, uh, so Ghostbusters, I didn't think it came out in the summer, uh, but uh, Ghostbusters awesome. is a good film for it. Uh, Back to the Future, the original, 1985. Mm -hmm. Another good mm -hmm. film. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, great film. Uh so, uh, you know, I really I can't remember that. what the subtitles for these movies are. So I just go by the numbers of them. Ooh, Pirates one. Yeah. Yeah. I liked all three of them to a certain degree, but the later two kind of sucked. But I liked them anyway. Yeah, the first one is the first one's pretty good. Is easily the best yeah. one, I think. I well, the that's because the next two kind of played on some of the gimmicks that the first one introduced. Yeah. And yeah. it just it. It wore on you after a while. I've seen this twice already. And Let's... four was awful. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I didn't like three either. The second one was okay, but three I thought was terrible, and four was just that one was insipid. Yeah, I, I've given up on the franchise. Uh, so uh, then at eleven was Shrek. Mm -hmm. I thought was interesting a two thousand one film, uh, but now that I'm thinking about it, you know, yep, mm -hmm. it, it defines summer blockbuster. Animated movies have become movie. a, a huge part of the summer. Yeah, so, right, kids uh, are out of school. Yep. Yeah, I mean they take them to go see and, that. And movie, films are the big ones usually. And this movie's one of the better ones at it because the adults are laughing at the same time, or sometimes at opposite times of when the kids are laughing. But everybody's getting a good time out of this film, and uh, so Shrek was at number eleven. 
So I'll stop there, I guess, for now. Or do you want me to go on? I mean, I don't know how you did your list. Uh, you do you, man. Okay. I'll finish up my list then. So uh, coming in at 10, Rambo, First Blood Part 2. And this was where the confusing part come in because I saw the Part 2 and I'm thinking, well, what happened to Rambo? Yeah, Rambo didn't come out. Well, First Blood didn't come out. Some, mm -hmm. It was a winter release. It's a Christmas release. Uh, but Rambo First Blood Part 2 is definitely a summer. Uh, and, and the tones are different where First Blood was a very serious film. Uh, First Blood Part 2 was a little cheesier, a little more patriotic, perfect summer film. Uh, Terminator 2, not the original, but the second one, which fits the criteria. They did the same thing with it as Rambo, where the tone of the film was a little bit lighter. Uh, great film. Uh, Top Gun, quite possibly one of the better summer blockbusters out there. I can't wait to see the new one. Um, but I've got the 3D version of that, and that looks awesome in 3D. They really did a good job with it, by the way. So if you get a chance to see it, you know, check that out. It's not a lot of 3D, but the air flights are really cool. Uh, number seven, uh, E.T., uh, 1982, major film. I would have swore this come out in the winter, uh, but it did not. It was a summer blockbuster, and it's a great one. Uh, seven, are you smoking crack? Uh, on yeah, occasion, e don't judge. E.T.'s a 10, I'm sorry. I love that film. Uh, Saving Private Ryan was the next one up. Uh, uh, again, I would have thought that came out in the winter, but it did not. It's it's a great film, arguably with a better film on the list. Uh, these next films are all 10s, probably. Uh, Saving Private Ryan's a great film. Very patriotic, very moving film. Uh, everybody's mm -hmm. seen that it. That one is really good. Uh, Gladiator come out in 2000. Uh one of the best films of uh, ever made, I think. Uh, Jurassic Park in 1993. That's um, yeah, a glorious film. I never forget seeing that in a big theater and with the, with Dolby surround sound, which was fairly new. Uh, only at the big theaters. And man, when them things where everybody was looking behind us, I mean, thinking that T Rex was coming out of the concession stands. Um, 1975's Jaws makes it on the list. Um, and, uh, that was, uh, yeah, that, that, that film. Funny enough. Terrified people. That movie takes place on 4th of July weekend. Yep. Just mm -hmm. saying. The yeah. It's awesome. And it, and it is. It's, that's why I said all the rest of these are tens. Spielberg's um, best movie, in my opinion. I'll get to that though. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say no, but I, I'm, I, you're splitting hairs. It's hard to argue some of these films. Uh, no film list of summer films could be complete without 1977 Star Wars. And for that matter, uh, most of the early films, I think, come out in the summer. It was mm -hmm. not until later. I think the uh, didn't the prequels come out then around Christmas. Phantom Menace came out in the summer. That was a summer, summer, summer movie. Uh, but uh, original Star Wars and the next one came out in the summer. They were on that list. Both of them were. Uh, I agree that the second one is probably the better theatrical film. Uh, you know, just to grade them, but uh, who can forget the first one? It was, it's an amazing film. And then uh, my favorite film on the list, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, that is a perfect summertime film. Not to be confused with Raiders of the Lost Shark. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, we still haven't watched that. So <laughs> I think Raiders of the Lost Shark has a, has a nude scene in it, so we might have to watch that. But yeah, 
No, we're watching shark exploitation on the outside. I got that three pack from Walmart. That's terrible film, I'm sure. I just don't understand how you wish to punish yourself. I, I, I'm down. I think it sounds awesome. I, it's, I don't know. You know, this isn't that the funny thing about films, though? I mean, how we gravitate towards certain films. I would have never thought I would have enjoyed shark exploitation films. Yeah, for, yeah, and uh, some films just hit home, I guess. Who knows? Uh, That's why we need to be accepted of each other. I apologize, Dave, for saying mean things toward you. It's okay. I, I forgive you, kind of. I just remember it. <laughs> It'll come back it. up, sure. But I think Raiders is, uh, again, just it's one of the greatest films ever made and uh, was uh, also uh, a summer release and probably defines summer releases. Yeah. So. Uh, and to go back to Star Wars, uh, Phantom Menace and the third one of the prequel series were uh, summer releases. Were they? That's true. So, I think the second one was too, actually. I, I can't remember the second one specifically, so I, I won't speak to that one, but I know one and three of the prequels. Then they started coming out in the winter yep. with the new ones. Did they? Mm-hmm. Okay. I know they've been coming out recently with the new ones, so or in the later in the year. Um, one of the Harry Potters was on the list as well. Uh, many of the Harry Potters came uh, out in this, this the, summer. Uh, it was one of the uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, the summer movie. Yeah. Uh, Order of the Phoenix is a summer movie. Deathly Hallows Part Two is a summer that movie. That one was the one that was on the list. Yep. It was the highest gross in summer. And again, they, they didn't look at that, that list and where I pulled most of these titles from didn't look at the highest grossing films in the franchise. Yep. They looked at the highest grossing films that came out in the summer uh, of that year. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So anyway, that's what I come up with. Pretty good list of films. What do you got, Mike? Um, well, I, I completely went opposite. I, I didn't go by any numbers except for whenever they were released. Uh, and I limited myself to movies that I seen in the cinema the summer they were released. Uh, so number 10, Men in Black, 1997. Uh, that is a summer was, blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we seen that in theaters and it's just a lot of fun. It's a good movie. It's not spectacular, but it's, it's a good fun movie. Um, number nine, 1998 saving private Ryan, um, not necessarily considered a summer blockbuster, but it still came out in the, the release frame window. And I, and I kind of kept it from May to August, you know, the end of August for, uh, summer movies. Um, the next one's from 2009, directed by J.J. Abrams. That's the uh, the Star Trek reboot. Mm-hmm. Yep, didn't even think of those, uh, but yep, that really is a, a summer blockbuster mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. Um, good films, all three of them. Yep, and then we'll go back to 2003, and Steve hit on this one, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, was it Curse of the Black Pearl or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the, the movie's funny and it's got some good mm-hmm. action. Um, you know, I just think as the, the sequels went along, they recycled more and more stuff. And, but that first one, it's really good. Yeah. I, I remember sitting in the theater laughing. I never would have thought I would have thought yeah. that movie was great, but no, it's, it's a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, the next movie I'll talk about, uh, going to 2011. Uh, and it was the conclusion to probably one of the biggest series ever. Uh, it's, topped now by the Avengers, but uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. It's a 2011 film, and 
I remember this movie was sold out for weeks. Yeah. Uh, just because everybody had to see the conclusion to it. Uh, we seen it in 3D, I do believe. And uh, there was some really good scenes of 3D in it. I think I have it on 3D somewhere, but I don't remember. But uh, the movie's good. It's a fitting conclusion. That, and yes, the, all the production team and, and directors, they did change the story a tad bit. But I, I understand why they made the changes they did. And um, a lot of movies in the Harry Potter franchise were summer movies. Like I said, I, I know um, Prisoner of Azkaban was for a fact because I also seen that one in theaters. Um, and then I know Order of the Phoenix was too. Um, I don't think the first Deathly Hallows was. That one was no, kind of the weird so. one because then I think that one came out in the winter and then Deathly Hallows Part 2 came out in the summer to really back to back to each other like mm -hmm. that. Um, but very good movie, fitting conclusion good to series. that. Great, to great that series. series. Of films. Um, the next one will go to 2010, and you hit on animated movies earlier, and this was one of the biggest movies of 2010, and that's Toy Story three. Um, and animated movie, we had um, uh, the Incredibles two that came out here just a couple years ago, and that was considered the summer blockbuster. And uh, I didn't, I wasn't as impressed with it as I was the first one. Um, but Toy Story 3 is phenomenal. I love Toy Story 4 as well. But if they would have just left it at 3, it would have still been... Yeah, I was okay with it. Uh, upwards of, of one of the greatest trilogies ever, you know, put on film. And it's, and it's probably... Well, I think 1 and 4 are the best in the in the lot. I think but, 1, 3, and 4 are all but incredible. But 3 is really good. 2 is yeah. the worst too. one, I think. Yeah, but 2 is the worst one, and it's a... Eight or like eight nine, nine out of ten. Yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. worst movie yeah, in the series. Might well, be the greatest franchise ever made. I mean, yeah. you got three tens and a and a nine. Yeah, I top that. Uh, but Toy Story three. I remember when that movie came out, um, and everybody was like, "Take your tissues because you will cry," and they were right. Yeah. Um, you know, the ending of that movie is it, it's wonderful and beautiful, but it's also very sad. Mm -hmm. um, so, Toy Story three, twenty ten. Um, the next movie, uh, we're going to go back to 2000, and uh, that's the uh, Russell Crowe movie Gladiator. Mm. Um, I remember this was, we saw this right towards the end of the school year. I know it was probably mid, I, I know it came out the beginning of May. I want to say it was the last day of school we went and seen this in theater, so it would have been mid-May uh, when we seen it, and it's a good movie. Um, he's seen it a hundred times since because that's about all he watches. <laughs> Reruns of Gladiator. It's on television all the time, and it yeah. is one that no matter what, you just uh, it, oftentimes mm -hmm. it'll sit there and you just you know. But yeah, it was on the other day, and I was watching a piece of it. You know, it's a great film. Yeah, um, beautiful man that the work Ridley Scott put in on it, and he may go down as one of the greatest directors ever for yeah. a great many of his films. I guess he already is, but. Yeah, he builds awesome. a world better than anybody I know of. I like Ridley Scott a lot. Yeah. Uh, his, his environmental storytelling is is amazing in almost yeah. all the movies he's put out. Legend. It's, it looks great, yeah. honestly. You know, I mean. Alien is the Yeah, alien. I was going to say Alien. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, even going back, uh, well, I mean, even going back to some less considered films, he is like Legend. Yeah. I mean, Legend, th there's so many people that poop on that movie, and I like it. Yeah, it's, I don't get it. It's a weird movie and out there, but. 
it's still beautiful in the way that it's mm. it presents itself. Even the darkness, you know, the the devil in that movie yeah. is oddly wonderful to to look at. Yeah. yeah. And which that that brings a different odd, you know, debate in itself. Should the devil be wonderful and be appealing in but well, anyways, I think he took the biblical character, yeah, not wanting to go down the rabbit hole of the angel of light. Yeah. So so um Gladiator 2000. It, it is a great movie. Um, and the movie that kind of kind of spurned this idea, 1996, Independence Day. I remember when this movie was coming out. This uh, July 3rd, 1996 is when this movie debuted. Um, for months, we had been hearing this movie is going to be big. It's going to be spectacular. Uh -huh. It's going to be great. And this movie is the epitome of a summer blockbuster. Uh, they were running specials about the special effects on Discovery Channel for months before the movie and months after the movie had released. You know, talking about all the green screen that was involved and the meld of the uh, all the miniatures because like the, the White House and the uh, Chrysler building, those are all miniatures mm -hmm. that they're blowing up and it looks amazing. Um, you know, it, it truly is a practical effects extravaganza. And it, it looked great whenever they finally got it on film. Uh, the 4K, you kind of can can see some of the cracks in the in, in the armor, so to speak, because uh, it's so clear. You can see um, that it is it it looks even more fake. Um, but Independence Day was amazing to watch in the theater. I mean, the, I, I remember everybody cheered and clapped whenever Will Smith climbed up on top of the alien ship that alien comes up out of there and he just says, welcome to earth and punches that alien right in the face. Everybody just got up and clapped and cheered. And yeah, it, it was a great time. Yeah. You don't America. see crowd reactions quite like that movie seemed to yeah. draw. Uh, and you didn't before, you know, whenever I was a kid, that was common. You know, everybody clapped at the right times. They cheered. They had, yep. you know, clap for the end of the film if they liked it. Now we don't see that very often. That movie drew that out. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, also, Independence Day probably does have one of the best motivational speeches in film history. Mm -hmm. um, it, it really is great. I wish I could uh, vote for him for president. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the speech he gives towards the end uh, about not going quietly into the night. Um, Today we celebrate our Independence Day. It, it really is a great speech. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. You know, and, and it still has relevancy now. Um, the next movie, this movie is from 2008, and it seemed to play for six months. Because I remember I seen it twice in theaters. So it's a rock movie. It's it's Jumanji. No. Nope. Oh, should be. I remember <laughs> I watched this in theaters about three weeks after it released, and then I watched it around my birthday towards the end of September. And it was still in theaters, and it's 2008. Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. Um, yeah. That movie was around for months. Um, it, I'd, I want to say it released in July, the end, end of July, but um, not necessarily what you would call a summer blockbuster, but it has plenty of action and it is a phenomenal movie. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it's just. Although I'm burnt out on the film because you yeah, want to talk about movies that gets played times. on TV. 
I guarantee you, you flip through the channels, you'll see the Dark Knight on right now. Yeah, and the and and the first one doesn't get enough playtime. Yeah, opinion. I agree. I think yeah. the first one, the first one's my personal favorite. I think this one's probably the best, but I'd say that first one's probably my favorite. The one. problem this one has is it's just a little too long. It yeah. is. They tried to add an extra character in it that wound up being irrelevant. You know, by the end of the film, yeah. why bother? You know, they could have saved thirty minutes of runtime. Uh, but yeah, it's it is a good film. No doubt about it. Um, it, it is a 10. Um, everybody involved in this film is amazing. Um, and, and the movie just wouldn't die. You, you were making jokes about Jumanji. This was Jumanji in 2008. <laughs> this movie was just around for months. Uh, you know, it, I remember it might have been here in Farmington. It actually left and then came back. You know, um, just crazy the, the, the legs that that movie had whenever it came out. We probably should have put Jumanji now that I'm thinking about it on the list. But That's anyway. a Christmas movie. Did it come out at Christmas? Yeah, it came out oh, the fall. No did. wonder I didn't see it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it came huh? out the fall. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, and then all the way back to 1993, and this is one of the first movies I can remember seeing in theaters, and that is Spielberg's Jurassic Park. Um, yeah, it, it's phenomenal film. Um, I, I feel bad that the name of Jurassic Park has been sullied now. So Jurassic Park, 1993, Steven Spielberg film. This is quintessential summer viewing. Uh, this is the summer blockbuster. This was a practical effects extravaganza. And it also did uh, kind of revolutionize the use of CGI to or helped to. Uh, Terminator 2 gets a lot, gets, should get more credit than, yeah. than Jurassic Park. But Jurassic Park kind of melded the, the practical and CGI together, um, you know, and you know, would influence movies way down the line, like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know, they, they did. Star Wars prequels. Yeah. yeah. The, well, we won't compare Jurassic Park to those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, but I, we still won't compare them. That's sacrilege. Those names of films that won't be named. Yeah. Uh, those are good films. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, uh, m most of the Jurassic Park movies are summer blockbusters, even the bad ones, which are three and five. Uh, the first Jurassic World movie, though, pretty good. That one's a good time. Another summer blockbuster uh, that, that everybody needs mm -hmm. to see. But Jurassic Park 1993, that is the essential summer viewing in a theater. And anybody that considers themselves a cinemaphile needs to watch a movie like this in a theater. Um you know, in a, and have an experience like that. You know, this year, I'm still hoping to see Tenet in theater. Um, Good luck. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm going to cry a little bit. But uh, I want to see Tenet, um, which was going to be this year's summer blockbuster event. Yeah. And it but looks awesome. It does look amazing. And it wouldn't surprise me if Christopher Nolan just gets pissed off and says, no, fine, you ain't watching my movie. Hey, he's going to hold it back. He ain't going to let that thing get put out on VOD. And if they put it on VOD, he ain't working with that production company again. Yeah. You can expect a lawsuit. I guarantee it. Yeah. No one's that adamant about his movies being shown on cinema. Yep. So He believes that art form, that in his art form, it should first be experienced on the theater screen. He's a traditional director, and the fact that screw watching movies on your phone, that's Ignorant, we watch uh, movies on a big screen. A lot of films are that way, and Jurassic yeah. Park's a I, great I think, example of that film. I honestly think all movies are that way, personally. I at least watch them on something like a laptop screen at the very least. Yeah. 
I don't understand people who watch movies on their phone. I'm sorry. I just don't. Yeah, I can't well, do it on my a, phone. A lot of it has to do with, I think, the sound itself. Now, you can recreate some sound, and we've got pretty good sound systems, uh, but you can't beat that large echoing sound mm -hmm. to say nothing of the screen, the huge screen that's in front of you. Jurassic Park did that about as well as any film, mm -hmm. as well as Gladiator. But Jurassic Park, well, I still remember the sound of the film is what I really remember. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's great film. Looks great still today. Still holds up, by the way. So oh, yeah. good pick. The the score that accompanies some of these movies as well. If you think about a summer blockbuster, oh, yeah. you always <coughs> you always hear that, that pretty, usually a pretty upbeat, rollicking score, you know which most of these have Star Trek, Pirates, Harry Potter, uh, Toy Story, Gladiator, Independence Day. Uh, the Dark Knight's not a really a rollicking score, but it has a really good one. And then Jurassic Park, you know, they're, they're mm -hmm. all tradition. Most of those are traditionally composed scores um, and very memorable. So that, that's my list. Cool. I'm going to get into my, uh, my uh, unfortunate list. Uh <laughs> No, I think it'll be interesting, although the discussion is a little different. I mean, y'all had some, some movies. Uh, I'm going to have some different movies, at least. That's probably going to be helpful. So, uh, I will say that. Now, I'm going to start with a list of all-time domestic box office. The first ten, I'm just going to really just give score. No real deep review, maybe a couple words. This uh, list was from Cassar on Letterboxd, so check it out. This is um, all-time domestic box office, not adjusted, which that's the one I'm going to go more deep into. Yep. For the top films on this, starting off with Star Wars, The Force Awakens. I talked about that movie. I think it's a great film. Avengers Endgame is a is the number two. Uh, great film. Uh, it did better box office-wise uh, worldwide. Uh, number So I gave Star Wars, The Force Awakens, when it came out a nine. I might go to an eight after the trilogy came out and seeing the full depth of that. Number two, Avengers Endgame, probably ten just on its influence. Three is Avatar. I've got very unpopular opinions. This, this, it's this not unpopular. You. It's not unpopular opinion anymore because honestly, I don't know really anyone who all out defends this movie. I'm sure there. I know there are some. Yeah. But I don't know a single person who's going to be like, "Yeah, that's an amazing movie that deserved the money it got." It just doesn't. I don't think. I I, I think it's a six. I think it's a slightly above average film. It's got decent world building, but its story is derivative. And it's way too long. And yes. the performances really aren't very good. And uh, everything other than the special effects are very unremarkable with this movie. Uh, next up is Black Panther. Uh, that one's a really great movie. Uh, Avengers Infinity War, another amazing movie. Got a lot of Marvel films up the top. Yeah, I didn't include any in mine. Uh, number six is Titanic. Uh, it's a seven. Um, I know that's pretty unpopular. But this really is an overrated movie. I'm sorry. It's a pretty decent romance that's way too freaking long. You want to talk about pacing issues, you can look back on this with rose-colored glasses if you want. This has got some of the worst pacing issues this side of cinema I've ever seen. Uh, I disagree on that. Uh, it's a three-hour-long film where like an hour of it's interesting. Um, it's well shot. The set design's great, but that's why I give it a seven. But I think it has its issues, and I don't think it deserves to be this high on the movie's watch I think list. it's a great film. Um because I think Jurassic World's a better movie, and it's next up at number seven. I'd, I'd give it an eight. Number the number eight movie is Avengers. Number nine is Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Number ten, um, and, and Avengers is ten. Star Wars: The Last Jedi controversially gave a ten too. I still stick by that. Number ten is Incredibles two. A yep. pretty, I mean, it's it's a seven. It's a fine film. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I don't think it deserves to be this high. 
And to prove my point that I always say that popularity and the people's consensus of a movie doesn't always dictate how a movie actually is, at number 11 is The Lion King remake, Oof. beating at number 12 The Dark Knight. So The Lion King remake made more money domestically than The Dark Knight, which is a, a shame. That's just shame. Um, so The original Lion King, uh, the animated version, was a summer blockbuster as well in 1994. And I will get and into that on my take, next. Once we adjust for inflation, it'll. Yeah, it'll, our, I just our I never seen that in theaters, so I yeah. couldn't put it on that. Uh, I mean, of, from, from and we've talked about that before. Sorry, but you you got to consider inflation and cost of tickets yeah. whenever you look at that, because around the time, well, I don't, Mike, do you remember when the tickets down here were still a dollar? Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, we're not talking that many years ago. There's a so reason why we'd go on Tuesday nights. Yeah, you get tickets for a buck. So there's a big difference there. I'm sorry for cutting you off. That's okay. Um, this one hasn't actually been as updated as that one has. In fact, there's some notable exclusions that I know are higher, um, including the newest Avengers. But it's just kind of interesting because this one does include some summer blockbusters. Um, this one's from Peter Batista. Um, he's on Letterboxd. Um, and, yeah, so this is adjusted to domestic gross um, with inflation. Uh, number one is Gone with the Wind. I think this is a good film. I don't really like a lot of its elements. I'm not going to get into that, but I do think it's still a really well-made movie. I would give it an 8 or a 9 out of 10. Um, I still think it's a great movie. Um, it definitely has pacing issues, though. I know we can rose-colored glasses because of all this, all the time that this has been considered a classic, but there are faults with it, I think, that we can look back on. Um, number two is Star Wars, the original, uh, New Hope. So that's actually pretty interesting. I'm surprised it's that high, to tell you the truth. But, I mean, that, that was a huge movie. Um, I'd give it a 10, obviously. Number does three your is, list, does your, can I ask a question? Does your list include receipts that we're getting now? You know, like they still draw? That's what I was saying. It hasn't been updated as recently or as much, but there is a new a couple new movies on here. So, okay. yes. Okay. I, I do know for a fact that Avengers Endgame is very high on this mm -hmm. list, even adjusted for inflation, as far as worldwide. But this is domestic, so U.S. only. Oh, okay. Keep in mind. Because, uh, I, I mean, it's patriotic, you know, yep. in Penn State. I, I chose to do domestic. America. Sure. America. Number four is E.T. Mm, um, good film. Um, I don't think it's a 10. I think it's an 8. I don't think this movie's aged all that well. You're um, right. Okay. But it is, it is a pretty good movie still. I mean, it's still very watchable, very entertaining, and very lighthearted. I enjoy it. I just think that its hype sometimes precedes it. Um, number five, Titanic. already talked about it. Um, the Ten Commandments is number six. Um, uh, it's a good or great film, really, um, for its time. I would never watch it again, but I have seen it. The Charlton Heston movie? Yeah, it keeps playing every year. So that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Every year, you know, that, that draws that same as Gone yeah. with the Wind and uh, uh, Wizard of Oz. Constantly it's pretty on. weird. Some of these really surprised me um, on their hmm. placement. Um, it's interesting. Number seven is Jaws, um, the one that started it all, in my opinion. Dude. Number eight is Dr. Zivago. Um yeah. which is another one I was very surprised to see. I've seen it. It's a great movie. Uh, Jaws is a 10, by the way. The Ten Commandments is probably an 8 for me, um, adjusted score for me. Uh, Zivago is a great movie, um, 7 or 8. Um, the Exorcist is one of my favorite movies of all time. It is number 9 on this list, adjusted for inflation. Um, that movie's a 10. Um, 
And number 10 is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, um, the animated movie. Um, that's pretty fascinating. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't um, have thought that. I, I would give it a seven or an eight. I, I don't think it's one of the best. In fact, I, it's one of my least favorite of the Disney animated movies um, of that era because I think all of them were pretty good. But still, um, number 11, Star Wars, The Force Awakens again. 101 Dalmatians, great movie. Eight, eight out of 10. Empire Strikes Back, 10 out of 10. I think it's the best Star Wars movie. It's okay. Next up is Ben Hur, um, a pretty good classic movie. Um, I'd give it a probably an eight, seven or an eight. Then Avatar, yeah, that's going to be a no for me, dog. Um, next up is Return of the Jedi, um, the worst of the Star Wars uh, of, the, of that trilogy. Um, but I still think actually one of the lower end Star Wars movies overall. Jurassic Park, uh, very great movie. Uh, kind of sad that that didn't hire because that's actually mm -hmm. a really awesome movie. Um, Star time. Wars Episode One um, is next. Uh, I've talked about it a bunch. The Lion King, as we talked about. This is a 10, by the way. I, I do love yep. The Lion King. I think it's a great animated movie. Next up is The Sting. I was very surprised mm -hmm. to see that um, on the list, but it's here. And uh, pretty weird. Next up is Raiders of the Lost Ark, which yeah. is a uh, – this one's a 9 because the second one to me is a 10. Uh, I think Temple of Doom is best. And I'm pretty happy with the – Domestic box office for having this on the list. This one shocked me. The Graduate. This is one of my favorite art films. Um, amazing movie. Uh, very controversial. I think that's why it garnered this attention because it's about an older lady and an affair with a college-aged boy. Um, and kind of his, uh, for lack of better term, sexual awakening and realizing, you know, kind of that he's being kind of taken advantage of. Um, a very good movie. Um, I do love it. Um, and I do do really recommend checking out The Graduate, and it's filled with, uh, and I think a big part of that was that Simon Garfunkel um, song, Sound of Silence, was uh, the song for this movie, and that that also helped this movie a ton. Uh, Fantasia is next. Um, that's a, uh, that's an eight. I like it. Um, I don't have the, that's good music. I don't have the same nostalgia a lot of people do for it, but it's great. Next up is Jurassic World. That's probably an eight. Uh, the Godfather, uh, that's, a 10. I I can't really deny it. It's not one that I watch all the time, but it's a 10. Uh, Forrest Gump is up next. I'd say uh, yeah, that's that's an that's an 8. I'm sorry. An it's list. not a 10 for me. I would give it an 8. Um, Funnel Meter is very low. I actually really do not oh, like no. that movie whatsoever. That great. Um, but, um, I mean, I think just its impact is pretty high. Mary Poppins is on the list. Great movie. I love that movie. Oh, that's the 10. old one, right? Yes. Okay. And then Grease. Um, that's an awesome movie. That's 10 for me, actually. That's one of the uh, movies I do love. Avengers, the original. Weirdly enough, the most, the best-selling um, James Bond movie is on here, Thunderball. And that's honestly one of – it's an okay one, but I would say that's middle tier. Yeah, it's not highly rated. I think it was because of the song and the, uh, and the Bond lady in that movie. Um, uh, the Dark Knight's next. Uh, that's a – 10 out of 10, The Jungle Book. I'm not going to go through too many more, but I think it's just fascinating to look at it. From The Jungle Book, um, great animated film. Uh, I was going to ask if it was the live action. No, one of the live animated. actions or the animated. Sleeping Beauty, I would say that's one of the top tier of the animated Disney movies. That's a 9 for me. Ghostbusters is a 10. Phenomenal film. I love it. Shrek 2, yeah, it's going to be enough for me, dog. I'm sorry. I don't. I liked the Shrek movies, but looking back, I just I don't want to watch them anymore. Um, but it's it's probably seven or an eight. I think the first one could be argued a ten. 
Um, next up is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, great movie. Eight or nine mm-hmm. out of ten for sure. Mm-hmm. On that one, I, I don't think there's any doubting that. Um, the next up, Spider-Man. Um, then Independence Day. Uh, the original Spider-Man movie was good. Um, I'd give it an eight. Um, I think there's some issues, but it's a good movie. Uh, That's next my up favorite. Independence Day. Um, we've been talking a lot about it today. I don't like this movie. <laughs> it's a great movie on a technical level in a lot of ways, but I've never liked Roland Emmerich's approach of of films. And usually I kind of see right through the whole, like, let's, uh, like, America type patriotism in these movies just doesn't really rub me the right I don't way have all a problem the time. With that. I think it's cool. I'm fine with it. It's Independence Day. He's but I don't fresh. think it's an amazing movie. Him and Seagal. I'd give it a six. I'm sorry. I had um, a shade for Russian. I do agree. Independence Day so. does have extreme pacing issues. Um, but it's, it's fairly entertaining. Don't care. Home Alone is next. That's a great movie. Uh, one that I do love. That's probably an eight or a nine for me. Um, Pinocchio. I'll just go ahead and stop. But. Um, there's quite a few interesting films. So I just kind of wanted to talk about those and kind of give scores and just overall thoughts. Cause frankly, I just don't talk about these movies and that's kind of why I just want to touch on them because yeah. I don't often talk about very popular or I do talk about popular movies as they come out. Cause now I try and review movies as they come out, but I don't often revisit and talk about older classic films like that. I think some of those films get helped by time and age, and every time they do play on television, then they get paid for that. I really think a lot of it is the parents of their generation. I think we'll see that again. We'll see another surge in, like, Avengers, where kids, our generation, are going to be showing their kids, oh, here, you got to watch this. Just longevity uh, has Mm -hmm. a good good role to play in it. I agree. Anyway, do we have anything we want to add before we close this one out? No, we went over pretty long. Sorry about that. America. America. (laughs) All right. Y'all have a good 4th of July weekend. Have a good one. And that concludes our show. We hope you've really enjoyed it. If you did, don't forget to leave us a review. Find us on Facebook. But one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us. You know, if they love movies and you love movies, hopefully they love our podcast too. So we would love to hear uh, you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends. And uh, tell them about our community. If they have any questions about movies, we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh, maybe they should watch. Uh, But either way, until next time, we hope to see you all again.